welcome to the Relax and Enjoy Health podcast. I'm Andrew French and I'm your Optimal Health, Wellbeing and Balance Coach. This is episode number six where I talk to Claire Kerslake. Today with Claire, we're going to talk about having self-compassion and loving yourself along the way, as well as tapping, how it works and how it can work for you. On a personal note, Claire is my aunt and has always supported me through my entrepreneurial journey and often coaching myself and my wife Cassandra about any pitfalls we may have. So let's get into the interview. Starting. All right. So I would like to offer a very special welcome to my beautiful auntie Claire Kerslake, <laughs> who has decided to come on and graciously decided to come on with us tonight. So Claire, welcome. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. It's really wonderful to be here. <laughs> All right. So what I know about you, so you've, oh my goodness, you've been in my entire life. You've been a nurse. You've been a diabetes coach, helping people, um, EFT, which you're definitely going to tell us about tonight and everything. But please tell everyone who you are and what do you do? Thank you. Thank you for that it, beautiful introduction. So I live in the Gold Coast in uh, sunny Queensland or not so sunny sometimes. I'm an EFT practitioner and I work with people to help them overcome resistance and blocks that are stopping them from taking action. So I've, as you mentioned, I've spent a lot of time at background as a registered nurse and diabetes educator and so a lot of time in the health field as well and uh, these days working a lot with women in business. Mm. All right so today we're going to be talking about the importance of loving yourself along the way you know not I'm going to love yourself when x happens so it's just that importance of loving yourself now so you know how how can we do this Oh, it's such a, I feel really passionate about it, Andrew, because, and particularly we see it, or you see it in, in life, business, health, you know, I, I you know, um, I can do X when I reach a certain weight or, um, you know, I love myself when I get there. And sometimes it might not be conscious, uh, unconscious, but it's just the importance of loving yourself now and having that self-compassion. And often we can be quite driven. Um, and certainly I work with a lot of my clients that, you know, set very high standards of themselves. And we get really tough on ourselves. You know, often our self-talk is we talk to ourselves in ways we would never talk to anyone else. And it's just turning that around. And I, I just feel so strongly that, Self-compassion needs to overlay sort of everything that we do. So instead of beating ourselves up, let's say we have a slip-up, might be with our health, with our diet, perhaps we missed a day of exercise, whatever. Um, instead of, you know, beating ourselves up, it's just have that lovely um, self-compassion curiosity um, instead. And it even goes one step further as, as uh, I work with clients and they're starting to recognise this, then they sometimes beat themselves up for beating themselves up and uh, feel guilty about treating themselves badly. So, no, we just, um, I, I was saying to a client the other day, it's like uh, when you notice you're talking badly to yourself, um, just saying something like, darling, we don't do that anymore. We, we talk nicely to ourselves and it makes such a difference. And the other thing that's related to that, and you see it a little bit in, in social media, that um, in order to love yourself, it means that you, you're know, happy with the weight you are. You, you don't want to change anything. But I feel quite strongly too that you can love yourself where you are but still want to improve and that's okay. Yeah. So, um, mm. well, well, it's it's so true though, and I find that I find that in myself. I I used to be, you know, my entire life I've been a chef, and my entire life I feel like I've, you know, whether struggled with my weight or everything. You know, with when when I was younger, it was like I would eat and gorge myself until 
you know, I felt sick and then I would actually be sick you know, just because you shouldn't have eaten that much in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then that went to, you know, when I was 18, started to become a bodybuilder. So, you know, they just said you had to eat and eat and eat. And so mm-hmm. you just ate and ate and ate and you just mm-hmm. got to the habit where you ate and ate and ate and then you realised you'd have to go on a diet. And, of course, you know, you couldn't do anything simple. So I would have to buy a new program and that would be in the mail and so I couldn't possibly start until that got here so Mm -hmm. it was just it was always something else along the way and and it was just like and you would beat yourself up but do the same things all all the way along the way so you weren't Mm -hmm. loving yourself you were literally hating every moment until Mm -hmm. this thing got here that would be your savior Mm -hmm. and to me, I think that started, you know, almost a personal journey of it's just the next thing. It's, you know, the shiny object syndrome where it's only going to be better when the next thing comes instead of being happy with what you got or being content with what you got mm. or just understanding that, you know what, you've done a really, really good job to this point yeah. and, you know, you actually deserve a little bit of praise for yourself but, you look down on yourself and you know one of the thing is the the self-compassion for the mistakes you've made in the past mm. along the way you said that to me the other day and uh, that for me I think especially with you know the way I feel like my life's gone sometimes is it's just like you know what that's in the past I'm not that person anymore mm. and you know and one thing Cass and I have learned over the years is get a piece of paper and it's just like, okay, you did this, but guess what? I love you. Mm. I forgive you and just put a line through it. That's it. That's, you know what? It's mm. out. I've got it out of me. It's now, and I would literally, we, we've gone through pages and pages and it could be anything like, you know, the lady at the cash register, you know, you didn't give me the right change, but you know what? I love you. I forgive you and put a line through it. And it said, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, Diane at my grade, you know, when I was 12 years old wouldn't give me cake. You know, everyone else got cake, but I didn't get it. I hate Diane. And it's just like, Andrew, you're you're 43. And it's just, (laughs) I don't care, you know, but no. You know, I love you. I Mm. forgive you. Put a line Mm. through it. And what we we did at the end is we actually burnt that piece of paper. And it was Mm. sort of like, you know, every religion on this planet, you know, they – they burn their offerings, and the cool thing is it's now the universe's problem. Yeah, it's a nice ritual, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's gone, and yeah. I don't have to carry that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's that's, you know, like you were saying, it's all about self-compassion for the mistakes that we've made in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing to me how those mistakes can literally take a physical toll on us now. Mm. Yeah, they can, yeah. Talking about your clients, so what, you know, their biggest struggles. So what are their biggest struggles and how how would you actually help them to overcome those? What rituals would they have? Yeah, it's a a range actually. Um, Sometimes it can be just resistance. A lot of it is that... um, Uh, because I work a lot with women in business, so around um, uh, not taking action, so not being visible perhaps or knowing exactly what you need to do and not doing it for some reason. And that can, you know, that's very applicable to the health field, of course, as well, because often we do know what we need to do, but we're not doing it. Uh, And that's where EFT just comes in so beautifully because, um, you know, we've heard for years, you know, Nike has made Just Do It famous and I could almost get on a little rant about Just Do It because pushing through um, and making yourself do it might work once or twice or a couple of times and then it doesn't work anymore because you're not dealing with what's underneath. So it's uh, dissolving that resistance and what's getting in the way so that you can then step forward and... Um, and uh, you know, take that action. 
And in the health, there's been uh, just talking about EFT. Do you want me to sort of introduce EFT and say? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I was I was going to say, well, how do you get down to that mm. point of getting through those barriers and stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. tell us, I mean, what is EFT? Yeah, beautiful question. So EFT stands for emotional freedom technique, often called tapping, because that's what you do. You tap on different parts of the. Uh, different acupressure points, and it's been referred to as um, psychological ac psychological acupuncture. Very weird. And when I first been around, probably thirty years, when I first uh, heard about it, you know, I was working in the in the you know health field and as a diabetes educator, and um, I'd heard how how great it was, and but it's it was just too out there for me. And then, excuse me. Uh, there's been a lot of research around um, clinical EFT, which is the type of EFT I, I use, and, and in lots of, lots of countries, lots of research trials and really um, high standards of research like randomised clinical trials, which is fantastic because it really what we know is that it, it actually works, which is fantastic because we can see the measurable changes in the body uh, now with, you know, they can test um, test your blood and see your, your stress hormones, cortisol will reduce, blood pressure reduces. Um, there's been some trials now using functional MRI machines, which have been absolutely extraordinary. And um, I'll, I'll have a, have, show you a couple of examples, you know, demonstrate with a couple of examples. There's been some a lot of trials here on the Gold Coast in the area of food and cravings, which is fantastic. And if anyone's ever struggled with cravings, you know just how strong they are and how hard they are to resist. And, you know, what we know is that it's almost impossible to resist a craving. And certainly for a lot of the clients I saw as a diabetes educator, that was, that was true, you know, um, Things would go really well until about three o'clock in the afternoon and then it was on, you know, with whatever the, the food was. And um, so it, there would be the trial might go for, say, six weeks and then being a randomised control trial, they'd follow up, you know, six months, 12 months, two years later. And it's interesting when you're in the midst of a problem like a craving, you think, well, you know, am I ever going to get out of this? But they might ring a participant, let's say they ring Mary, and say, Mary, how are you? Remember that um, uh, uh, food, uh, food craving trial you were in? And Mary said, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that I remember now. And they might say, how are you going with the Kit Kats? And she said, what Kit Kats? Remember you're having 10 Kit Kats a day? And she'd say, oh, you know, I don't do that anymore. And so it's so effective, you forget there was ever a problem. And uh, there's been a, a trial in uh, pain that's um, about to be published, actually, and that was, that was done online. And I was uh, listening to the researcher talk and they're doing these 12-month follow-up phone calls and she said a few of the participants in the trial um, actually forgot they'd even done the trial because they no longer had chronic pain. So they're the sorts of, it's like magic. You know, I used to say as a diabetes educator, if only I had a magic wand, and I kind of feel like EFT is a magic wand because it's not that, you know, pushing through and making yourself do it like uh, just do it. It's like once you dissolve that resistance, you just automatically find yourself taking action they did a one more little example they did a trial with teenagers in a school this is a few years ago now and one of the mothers rung the researcher up and said what have you done to my son and uh, she said why she said well we were shopping he asked me to buy some broccoli because they were they were um, tapping to increase their consumption of healthy foods so, uh, yeah, it's just super effective and it tends to work in, um, uh, in areas of the brain, the amygdala and the memory centre. And uh, it's, it's quite beautiful at, um, 
at releasing, you know, these fears or emotions. Um, you know, beautiful for PTSD, anxiety, as well as practically, of course, in business and health. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So how, well, like you said, it would, it would help in uh, PTSD and everything like that. So how could that actually help in trauma? Like is it just mm. going to make that go away? Because it, it seems like modern psychology makes people relive the trauma and so yeah. it's actually quite quite a jarring experience and uh, a lot of people yeah. don't want to go back to therapy because they know they're just going to relive all this pain again and stuff. So how in actual fact would that actually help for trauma? Mm. Yeah, it's actually brilliant. What they know now is that... Um, Talk therapy does not work with trauma for the reasons that you've mentioned. And so you need something like EFT to work in the body as well and so that you're not re-traumatising someone mm. but you're just, um, uh, you know, chipping away. EFT is pretty quick but um, with trauma, um, it's very important to work with a trauma-informed practitioner yeah. and um, and use something like EFT and the standards around EFT and trauma uh, that are important to adhere to, uh, but super effective to use some uh, therapy such as EFT. Mm. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So do you use this yourself? Yes, yes. Yes, I do. Mm. Yes, wonderful. So like a yeah. daily basis, do you have a, a daily ritual you do or is it just when things come up? How do, how do you operate this for yourself? Uh, well, as, as always, probably not as often as I should. I, I think we're all there. <laughs> um, so much easier to, to, you know, tell a client. But um, often, when, definitely when something comes up, but... Uh, I'm certainly getting more regular with it, yeah, yeah, in in a range of areas, yeah, around business and health and life, yeah. Okay, so yeah. what, so before you come from the nursing background, you, were the, you had the diabetes educator background and said, so what has changed for you to actually move more into the EFT-dominated realm? Is, is the fact that it's it's just that good that it will... You know, it, it it's really is a lot better than some of the other things. It, it's yes. Well, one of the problems with health is that there's a like they call a research practice lag, and EFT really is something that um, really most health professionals, you know, we we could be using it in our health system, but of course we know how overburdened our health system is, but. Um, um, in in a whole range of areas, you know, to assist people with, you know, their lower their stress. To, you know, many illnesses have got a, um, you know, a stress um, background to them. Even something as simple and practical as needle phobia, uh, EFT is brilliant for that type of thing. Um, so it's frustrating that. There's a real, it's, it's starting to be embraced a little bit, but very small portion. So, you know, we, we'll get there, but it's so slow. Often in health, um, there's just no time to spend that time with, with our clients. You know, you're, you're racing around, um, uh, short-staffed, you know, whatever's going on. Um, I love... Uh, spending time and being with my clients. You know, sessions are about 45 minutes, so you, you're able to work individually and spend that time and make a real difference. So I feel that I can make a much bigger difference doing the work that I'm doing now. But, of course, in life, you know, everything we do uh, contributes to the whole. So I'm bringing that health background in and, and all of the things that I've done uh, in the past, yeah. And just to go back, um, you mentioned, you know, doing it every day, EFT every day or just when something comes up. It's actually a beautiful modality to do every day um, 
And, you know, we talked about uh, thing, events in the past that um, have come up and might be weighing on our mind or whatever. And there's a beautiful EFT practice called Peace Procedure where you write all those things down. You know, let's say you write 50 things that um, perhaps you wish didn't happen in your life. And then you, you just pick one and you do EFT on that. And the beautiful thing about when you work on one issue, other related issues will be affected and reduced as well. And so you imagine, let's say you just did that uh, one a week. Over a year, that's 50 things that you have, um, you know, dissolved any emotional charge around. So it's it's really is quite transformative. Mm. So for someone to actually take that on, that literally is a way of giving themselves compassion, a way of giving them a way to they are loving themselves yeah. in the fact that they're giving them, I, lo I love to say things like it's giving people the best possible chance to succeed, you know. Yeah. So that that kind of thing is a way to give yourself the best possible chance. And, and I talk about that whether it's through the gym or whether through, you know, normal stretching or meditation, it's just trying to do things in such a way that you can give yourself the best possible chance because mm. I see I see it here every single day at uh, out at the mining camps and you see the guys in the gym and, you know, there's five guys all standing around the bench press and they're all just going absolutely hell for leather and in actual fact they're doing themselves a disservice because, number one, they're not competing against themselves, mm. they're competing against other people. Uh, the weaker ones are pushing themselves to do the same weight as the stronger ones. The stronger ones in in yeah. a microcosm become a bit of a bully because it's like, come on, you know, just, just and it becomes a bit of a schoolyard. And so that's not a way to love yourself. Mm. And it's definitely not a way to give yourself the best form of success. It's, you know, and... Uh, that's one thing I've had to change is, you know, coming from bodybuilding background and you have to do this and you have to do six sets and you have to do mm. it, you know, uh, eight to 12 times because that's how the muscles do it. And if you don't do that, you've failed. And, you know, and so many different things, like you said, just do it. Yeah. And you get to the point where you just do it, which means you make yourself do it, which means you have to do it, which means mm -hmm. you start to hate it. And then it's something you love. So you don't hate it, you hate yourself. Yeah. And it's it's just this snowball event that keeps going. And then because you can't get back into the gym, you've been told your whole life to eat big. So you haven't changed mm -hmm. your eating habits. Yeah. So now you're becoming fat. Mm. You're still eating the same. And they say, why can't I get back to it? The only reason is... I'm not in the gym lifting heavy and mm. so self-loathing kicks in, you know, and then you, you start hating on yourself and you become very self-conscious and then you, you get upset. Like normally people used to say in a conversation, you know, I've got a mate, man, he's as big as a house. Yeah, about your size. Oh, dear. That used to be great. Mm. But now mm. not so much because you're convinced you're fat, you're overweight. Mm. And now oh, I've got a mate who's as big as a house. Yeah, he's about your size. And it's not the same. Mm, no, yeah, that's and, right. And, uh, and you find different ways if you don't deal with things like that and actually change the way you look at it. So, you know, like you're saying, you've got those blockages. You're not dealing with those blockages. And in actual fact, you're smashing yourself trying to come up against mm -hmm. those blockages and the only one you're damaging is yourself because the blockages aren't going anywhere. Yeah. So unless and, you have this effective tool. And what I love about this conversation is that, you know, all of those experiences that you've had, they, they um, come in to make you the person that you are. And a part of loving yourself, I think, is having a coach, whether it's in business or health or fitness, and a coach that will understand where you're at and, um I had an experience myself in the gym a couple of weeks ago. It was very negative but really um, really demonstrates this, how important it is to, A, love yourself and know, you know, your path and your journey and have someone 
um, on your side, coaching you, supporting you, um, who will listen to you and and um, take that into account. And I was on this particular machine and having this um, exercise scientist, you know, see how I was going. And um, because I recently had a back injury, I was taking things very quiet with this machine, but highly, highly motivated to, um, you know, get fit and strong. Anyway, she's going on about, you know, how... For my age, I should be having it at, you know, this level. Am I only doing this level? And um, she didn't bother to to um, find out that actually I'm going to two gyms and this is the second gym. So how motivated I am. Be that in the past, you know, I, I was a victim of that just do it mentality and pushed through, got injured and then had chronic pain for two years. So I do not want to do that again. And But um, if it takes me two or three months longer to get to that goal, I am mine because I will get there. But um, she didn't, but she was just, okay, this is what you should do and why aren't you doing it type of thing. Not that she said that, but not in those, those words, but that was the attitude. Yeah. And um, it's just so important to have a coach, you know, someone like yourself who knows where people are and it's a collaborative um, process. Yeah. It's family. And, and yeah. it's important to, to know the thing I appreciate now about where I'm at is I can sort of see the areas that need more help and more, mm. more work. It, it's like, so I allowed myself to get overweight. So then I went back to the gym and, you know, so it was, it was good. I could, you know, lift a small car again. So that's fantastic. But then I was uh, taking stuff out of the dishwasher and a rubber spatula put me on my, on my backside with a, with a pulled back. And mm. so then your body will tell you that, okay, mm. we're going to start again. Obviously, yeah. The exterior is fantastic, but the interior needs some work. So, and mm -hmm. and that's when I really, really started getting back into into my qigong and movement, and yeah. you know the the whole body and just actually working. You know, every single day there's a there's a body adjustment and spinal health routine, which you know gives you the best possible chance of success for your mm -hmm. day. So, even if you don't do anything else, you've moved for twenty minutes. Yeah. You've, uh, you know, you've been quiet, you've moved every single muscle in every direction that it can, and, you know, you actually you're building strength and suppleness and you're actually massaging your internal organs and so you're actually, you know, you're really starting off your day in a really, really positive way. Yeah. And then I went the other direction and I only did that. And then all of a sudden my shoulders got smaller Mm -hmm. um i you know became smaller and less muscular and, it, and it's just like well okay so this is 100 percent for your mind and your health and your ligaments and stuff so you still have to go to the gym yeah. because you're a little bit self-centered and you need to have that you know that athletic look you know, so that's the only reason the gym is there. <laughs> in, well, but in... also we lose, you know, we know that we lose muscle as we get older. And, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it's uh, there's more reason as we age to get into the gym than when we're 20 and wanting that's exactly that, right. know, buff look. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and, and, and you're right. Do I feel that... that it's called sarcopenia? Mm. Age-related muscle loss. So I, just, I feel really smart right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so true. And having that holistic, um, holistic outlook as well. Yeah, mm. and uh, yeah. the thing I've been learning is, you know, we as human beings, we need to move. The yeah. older we get, we need to move more. And if we're yeah. injured we actually need to move more again. Mm. And the, the amazing thing, and coming back, this whole thing is having self-compassion, loving yourself along the way. Mm. When we get injured, we automatically move in such a way to induce healing. In such a way, it's just like, oh, I've done something on my shoulder. 
Or, oh, okay. Oh, that, or, yeah, I'm feeling it there, but I can still do this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I can still do. And so we actually start moving. I mean, it's almost like sticking your tongue in the in a sore tooth in, in the fact that we go, oh, yep, oh, that's where it is. Yeah, that's where it is. But mm. if we keep doing that, every single muscle around that injury is going to get stronger. Yeah. It's going to help yeah. support that injured area. That yeah. injured area is going to have more blood flow. It's going to have more nutrients brought into the thing just by us moving mm. intuitively in yeah. a way. And we always do that. The, the minute we, you know, we step off a, a curb and we do something with our ankle, we're immediately going, okay, I can do that, but I can't do this. All right, so we'll just... Yeah, we, well, we do, but we can um, also not move enough. So that's where a coach comes in as well, that um, we tend to do less, not more sometimes. So, um, yeah, sometimes we don't move enough. And uh, with, certainly with my back injury, that was something that, um, uh, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, they just stop instead of, no, we actually need to be um, building those muscles up. Yeah. yeah, very just, interesting. Just for mobility yeah. sake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, and yeah. we've we've all seen it. We've seen the people, and and I always, I always joke that they all turn into the little guy at the RSL. You know, he comes <laughs> up, hey, go, mate, you win it, and you know, and but we see that, like that, you know, we're we're talking about age related muscle loss, and and people they get scared of having a fall start mm. taking shorter steps, the muscles mm. start getting shorter and they start seizing up. So you can't take big steps anymore. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. and it's that cycle that starts and we really, really need to, you know, keep maintaining that and keeping, and it is a form of self-love mm. for us to be able to, you know, get out and go for a walk. You know, our body is designed to move through space and just the act of going for a walk is an act of mindful meditation because yeah. you, know, you don't really have to pay attention because we've got footpaths everywhere. So we're we're really in a in a you know a situation where we can just let our thoughts wander a little bit. And and the cool thing is, you know, when you're being mindful and stuff, you can have a thought come and it's just like okay, it's there, and let it go again yeah. instead of you know what most of us do because we're busy. The thought will come and we figure, well, that's my thought, so I'm going to grab mm. it. And I'm just going to hold on to that because mm. that's fine. And it's like, you know, the, the old Charlie Brown comics in the Linus with his blanket. It's I'm not going anywhere without this because this is mine. Yeah. And it's just don't take ownership of that thought. It's just a thought. Mm. Let it go through. Another one will come. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, so um, interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so just having all those types of things. So you said have a coach or mentor. And so it, it's good for just normal, everyday people. Do you have one yourself? I have quite a few. Yes, I I do. So and have all along, really. Probably I'm a lifelong learner and um, uh, strive to be uh, the best that I can be. So yes, I do. Yeah, whether it's health, which is my, you know, I've seen a dietitian and. Um, go to the gym and see physios and exercise physiologists uh, to business, um, both mindset and um, strategy, which is very, very important for both of them. And I also surround myself with people who will support me. So one of my big lessons over the last um, probably year, I've had quite a few setbacks, has been um, how can I support myself? So whether that's, um, you know, asking for help whether from a, someone or in my life or a coach or mentor to um, surrounding myself with people who will support me. So that has been a really big, um, a really big lesson. Uh, you know, I was raised to be pretty independent um, and asking for help was... Uh, used to be difficult, not so much anymore. And as women, often we tend to leave ourselves last and we often we don't ask for help. 
and so that's another way that self-love can come in, which is so important, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I found that when, when we had the personal training studio, my client was literally the woman in her 40s and 50s who was no longer that girl anymore or she was no longer that young lady or that woman. She was the wife. She was mm. the mother. You know, she in this day and age, you have to work a job, so she worked full time. Mm. She had to come home and deal with the children. She had to come home and, and do dinner and make sure that's done, had to make sure... And all the husbands were literally the working class, normal working men, mm. whether they were tradies or whatever, but they'd have to come home. They probably wouldn't get home for another hour or two after, you know, I mean, to be fair to them. However, they'd come home essentially dinner and sit in front of the television mm. and or, you know, go out to the shed and potter on their toy which left her, she had to still have to deal with the kids, get the homework mm. done, get them ready for bed. And so she wouldn't, her day wouldn't finish until 9.30 at night. Yeah. And all of a sudden she'd finally get to sit down and he's like finished with his television programs. Mm. If she's lucky, she gets the remote control. And they, you know, she got to watch her show. And then, of course, afterwards it's bedtime and then, he expects to be a husband and, you know, and, and, the, and the poor thing's just exhausted. Mm. But I found that they were starting to remember when they were that young lady. They were remembering yeah. when men opened the door for them. They were remembering mm. how men would look at them down the street. They were remembering when they played netball with the girls. They, I found my clients had that craving to be something like who they used to be and that's yeah. why and that was the reason they started personal training from a you know purely physical perspective is the fact I just want to lose weight again mm. and I just want to be able to move because I don't like the way I look in clothes I don't like the way I feel in clothes and and it was like this was every single story of every single woman that came in and the cool thing is we would give them twice a week, their half hour where they would come in and they would train and they would, you know, hate it. They would hate me. And, but I could see the changes. Yeah. And some days, some days they would walk in and it'd be like, oh, Julie, we're just going to turn these lights off today. We're getting <laughs> out of here and we're going to go for a walk because uh, you're not going to lift any weights. And mm. yeah, because one thing, the problem is not the problem. Mm. They just need to talk mm. because they're so busy and it's yeah. life is relentless. I mean, it's. I think from a boy's point of view, point of view, it's it's no, you know, avenue of roses, you know. But we've got different issues and things. But this, I found this to be the story of every single woman yeah. because they don't have their time. They yeah. don't. And often we're not good at um, with boundaries. This is a really important conversation because boundaries are so important and often it starts with us uh, saying, no, this is the line in the sand. And when you set your own boundary, often people, we don't even have to say anything sometimes. People will respect that so that, you know, I deserve time um, to work on my fitness or just time to be, time to enjoy my life, whatever it is. And often we, um, and this is, I found this in my life too, is um, uh, often we're not aware of, because we're not used to asking for help, uh, we, we don't see areas where we can access that help and support. And sometimes it's being creative. Like sometimes it's um, you might babysit for a friend and then she will babysit your children so that you can go to the gym. And then she can go to the gym while you're, you know, that's a really simple um, example. But how we can be creative and, and carve out that, that time for ourselves and, um, and, not put ourselves last all the time. 
Yeah. And also I think what you're bringing up too is about identity. And uh, one of the things I love that comes out in the work that I do is it's not just dissolving the blocks and the fears and the limiting beliefs that are getting in the way, the resistance. It's also about stepping into and embodying um, who you want to be. Now, with health and fitness, that's, you know, fitter, stronger, healthier are you. And when I think about that, okay, what, what, um, how does she think? How does she move? How does she breathe? What decisions does she make? So it's sort of like um, two sides there. You, you're sort of dissolving what's getting in the way and you're stepping into um, who you want to be. Yeah. Um, I sort of like that. I, I remember a Bible, a quote, um, which was uh, call those things that be not as though they are. So it's, it, it's like. Oh, it's, goodness, it's yes. It's like positive thinking. It's just mm-hmm. like it's exactly the same as, mm-hmm. you know what, this is what I want it to be. So we yeah. find uh, Cass and I are trying that a lot. It's just like, yes, mm. this is happening, but let's not ask why it's happening because our brain will just keep telling us that's because. Mm. You won't stop eating ice cream. You won't stop yeah. eating, drinking soda water. You I mean your brain will supply you answers to the questions. Yeah. But it's just like you know what? I want to be fitter and healthier. I yeah. want to do this. And the biggest thing for me, I think, is the fact that I stopped doing it uh, for other people. Mm. Yeah. I actually decided I wanted to be stronger. I, you know, and. I've always prided myself when we, whenever we've moved house, we've moved house so many times that mm-hmm. I could lift the washing machine, sling it over my shoulder and just carry it up the staircase and put it into the house where it needed to go. Yeah. And to me, that was a source of pride. And when we got to Brisbane two years ago, you know, we'd, we'd you know, at the end of a terrible two years that you know, and uh, I couldn't even get it off the truck. Yeah. And I was devastated, gutted. And the fact that this, no, this, and Cass was there going, what are you doing? Come on. Because (laughs) her expectation (laughs) over 20 years is the fact that you just pick this stuff up and cough with it. Go on. Yeah. And like, and she didn't even know she was doing it. She was just, she's just waiting for the magic to happen. And it's just like, yeah. (laughs) I got nothing. <laughs> oh dear. And so yeah, mm. and so yeah, so to me, to me, that was my pivotal movement. Yeah. That yeah. I had to I had to change again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I was doing was not working for me. It did mm. not serve me. And I had to change for myself yeah. because that was my thing. Yeah. So I mean, have you have you had a pivotal moment like like that for yourself? Well, now you're asking, probably been, if I go back, probably been quite a few. Um, Not, I think it's more been gradual moments for me. Yeah. Um, And sometimes, in fact, when I think about jobs and work and, and now I'm doing something that lights me up and is just, I pinch myself that I get to do the work that I do every day. Um, Sometimes I had to be pushed quite hard by the universe or whatever to a change course, let's say. And looking back, hindsight is wonderful. You think, oh, my goodness, you know, you should have jumped ship or done, made a change, uh, you know, six months, 12 months before you did. But, you know, and that's where that saying, you know, I never give up. Well, sometimes you actually need to need to change something. Um, so sometimes looking back, I've, it's taken a fair bit to get me to change course. Mm. But I'm getting there, which is, uh, and, and happily a work in progress, which is fantastic too. I think that's one of my biggest lessons has been um, to enjoy the journey. And I wrote a blog once about, um, you know, enjoy the journey. You know, I'd say that with gritted teeth. I want to enjoy the journey. I want to get there. 
whether there is, you yeah. know, a, a, you know, strong body or um, a certain weight or a certain income level, whatever that is. And now I happily enjoy the journey and, um, and that has been a huge uh, lesson and a huge gift. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love seeing that in, uh, like in ourselves because we're literally living art. You, you look at any kind of sculpture in the world, at some point he had to just go, yeah, all right, it's done, and walk away. And it, mm. you look at static art, at some point, it becomes done, but we are kinetic art. Yeah. We are alive. We are we are we are full mm. of movement and life. And you know, every single day, our cells are being renewed. We are literally art that will never ever be finished. Yeah. And the fact that we can, you know, we can work on it, and we can, like you're saying, it joyfully work on it because mm. we get to, we want to, and the fact that there are things in our life that, you know, I mean. We're working on a, a life balance diary at the moment. And the fact that you can actually go into the elements of your life, you know, and go, where am I falling short? Well, you know what? Mm. For this month, I'm just going to do that one thing. Yeah. You know, and that, and then next month, there'll be something else that isn't mm. at the same level as something else. How, and it's a working piece of art that you can lovingly do every mm. single month and every single day, and it's just like, you know what, I noticed that there's part of me that isn't quite as good as the rest of me, but guess yeah. what? I'm doing this one thing every day to try and make that part better, stronger, yeah. prettier, you know, and because I want to be better tomorrow, I want to be yeah. better today, and, you know, I don't want to be who I was yesterday. I don't want to be who I was last year. I don't want, you know, everything has to change, and, you know, the thing that, you know, like you said, sometimes we need to stop and go, this is not serving me anymore. Mm. It's, I Yes, I made a decision, but it's not working or it's mm. not the right one. I need to stop, pivot, and I need to move on to another, another direction here because that will serve me better yeah. or serve us better or serve, you know, my purpose better. And uh, the fact to be able to do it now with love rather than be able to mm. do it because we got kicked in the pants or yeah. we have to or we've got responsibilities and stuff. But I, I love the fact that when you lead a life of self-compassion mm. and it's only now I'm sort of realising that that's what I've moved into, I guess, is the fact that I'm allowing... Uh, compassion is not weak. No. You know, no. so allowing myself to be compassionate in such a way that, you know what, I do deserve this, I do deserve yeah. things, and I do deserve to want to do it for myself as well as for the people around me. And it's like I, talk, I talk at home all the time. We have responsibilities which we have to do. You know, however, those responsibilities are a great thing because it serves the people I love, it serves my animals I love, and you know it, it serves me because you know I get to I get to you know do this for all the people around me and for myself. You know, and I just love that people if they can just make that little, it's just a tweak. Everything is just mm. a little tweak. Just change something. Just change yeah. something. You know, you, we talk about the stacking habits and everything. We always do. Mm. That. You don't need to change one. Mm. Just change one, because guess what? It's a habit, which means I don't have to do anything anymore. I do it automatically. Mm. I, brushing your teeth is not a habit. Checking your rearview mirrors, you know, oh, it is a habit, but checking your rearview mirrors, it's not a big deal in the car. Mm. I remember when I first got in the car, how the heck do you expect me to look away from this massive screen and no, and, but now it's, you know, the side mm. of your eye, side of your eye. Mm. So all these things we stacked those habits and we can now drive cars on freeways in in city traffic on country roads and we use the principles we learned everywhere else to enable us to be able to drive in new terrain in on wet roads on dry roads all of a sudden now we're doing mud roads we've we've just 
Why? Because we did something enough that it became a habit and we stacked more and more and more habits mm. on top of it, which gave us skills. It gave us potential for freedom because you get in the car and you can go wherever you want, anywhere you want, anytime you want. And so, you know, these habits bring freedom and just all these little things that we do are an act of loving yourself. Uh, and it's so important, you know, what you say about habit stacking in those small steps, you know, that's probably one of the biggest um, mistakes I made both personally and professionally, you know, because we have the, um, you know, health guidelines, you need to be doing, you know, 30 minutes of exercise, whatever it is, five days a week. And um, that's, that's too much for many people to get started. You know, it might be five minutes. And when I first heard that, that um, it changed my life, actually. In fact, I was very resistant for five minutes. I've never had anything so ridiculous in my whole life. But in fact, three months down the track, that five minutes is that, you know, 30 minutes, five days a week. And it stays done. So, uh, and I used to think, oh, well, um, other people can start small. But I'm going to do, you know, X, yeah. you know, 30 minutes on the treadmill. Well, it might last two or three days and that was that. It's all too hard. So, um, yeah, such an important concept, that tiny habits and um, those small steps. Yeah. Mm. All right. So I'm going to start winding down now. So what, what would you recommend for people on a daily basis for their mindset to give them the best chance of success? Mm. Well, I'm probably biased, uh, <laughs> but EFT is such a beautiful mindset tool and I think um, it's not enough to know what to do and pushing through doesn't work. So we've talked about, you know, overlaying self-compassion on everything, but EFT is such a brilliant tool, uh, especially like in your field, health and fitness. We know we can use it to increase our healthy habits such as exercise you know drinking water um, increasing our vegetable intake um, we can use it to um, cut out the unhealthy habits such as cravings deal with our emotions you know a lot of what we eat is uh, we don't eat because we're hungry we eat because of emotions so EFT um, and probably do as I say not as I do Oh, don't, don't talk to me at the moment. I'm, I've been having a bowl of ice cream every day for a whole week. I'm so sad. I'm like, yep, that's that's all. I think that one's guilt. Yes, well, tap it away. Yes, it's such a such a lovely tool to complement um, the action taking. Mm. So right. probably that would be the daily daily mindset daily tool, and and putting a priority on your mindset. Now, it might not be EFT. It might be a bit too out there for you. You know, it might be meditation. It might be your qigong and, and you know, grounding and uh, lowering that stress as well as, um, you know, the physical activity. So, so, yeah, our mindset is absolutely, absolutely key. Yeah, I find, I find mindset is actually more powerful than... Mm the nutrition more more powerful than the physical side of things it's just yeah. you know just being able to control what we react to mm. Mm. You know, yeah so important yeah yeah all right so yeah. nutritionally what would you recommend people to give them the best chance of success well um you know there's a million diets out there and um, but one thing I think they all agree on is more vegetables and less processed rubbish. Uh, so uh, probably without getting too controversial, uh, we all need to eat more veggies and we all need to eat less rubbish. So uh, that would probably be my um, my my recommendation. Mm. All right. Yeah. So now I'm going to say social network, family and friends. How mm. how does this affect you and how do you think, you know, it 
would really, really help benefit people in in regards to their yeah. social. Yeah. I think it's just so important to surround yourself with people who lift you up and who uh, support you and who might in the most loving way gently nudge you back in, in the right direction. Yeah, it might be, you know, have you thought about X or is that, you know, do you really think that's wise or um, whatever it is? And uh, I have uh, some beautifully supportive family members and also some friends uh, with, uh, you know, internet. You know, this is just incredible, the fact that you and I, you know, we're, we're separated probably by thousands of kilometres, but we're having this chat. And uh, I've got some biz besties uh, throughout the world in Europe and England and France uh, particularly who um, I could, you know, call at the drop of a hat. And I know that um, whatever uh, the situation was, whatever I'd done, I'd say, that's okay. You know, it, we can fix it. You know, they uh, you know, dry my eyes and, and you're good to go again. And having that support I think is absolutely invaluable and it's out there because of how lucky we are with our technology now. So it might not be your, your blood relatives, but um, uh, we all need people who have our back and, uh, and research plays this out with health as well. You know, we know if we... We surround ourselves with uh, people who love pizza and don't exercise. That's what we'll become. Uh, so surrounding ourselves with people who they uh, might be where you are or, or they have the same value, where you want to be, sorry, or they have the same values. Um, and support is, is just so important. Mm. All right. So having self-compassion, loving yourself along the way, what final advice would you give people final advice um oh that's a good that's a really good question i, I was thinking about this earlier um i think it is when you slip up and you're going to is even if you notice that you're starting to beat yourself up just notice and be aware and have a real lightness and gentle curiosity around it. Instead of saying, oh, you know, you're silly, you, you know, you said you were going to do that and you didn't do that, whatever it is. Uh, oh, that's interesting. You know, you didn't follow through. What's that all about? And um, that's where the answers will come. And there's often a part of us that, that um needs to be heard and uh, then we can find okay I'm doing that because I'm sad or whatever it is well, okay let's look at that so yeah just once again that gentle curiosity that lightness um, and that self-compassion mm. okay Claire as we wrap up now where can people find you where where can they find out more about you where can they find more about EFT and and just helping themselves. So I'm, I'm on Facebook. So if you pop Claire Kerslake in, I think I'm down as Claire M. Kerslake. Uh, I'd love, to, love for you to uh, touch base over there on YouTube and quite a few uh, YouTube videos about EFT. Uh, Claire Kerslake there. And I've got a, a toolkit. It's, it's, it's aimed at women in business, but there are quite a few um, videos on how to around EFT. And that's clairekerslake.com slash toolkit, which is an opt-in. But, right. yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, that's awesome. Okay. Thank you very much for coming and talking to me today and talking to us all. Um, because there's so many things in there that can just help us just for just people just to fall in love with where you're at and, you know, and the journey, not necessarily the destination because, you know, every single day we're going to change that little bit. Yeah. So, thank you Kristen. very much. 
It's been such a lovely conversation. Uh, we've touched on quite a few things, but I think they've been all important and I've loved I've loved it. Thank you. Awesome. No worries. All right. I'm going to press the button and it's going to kick us violently out into the cold. So I will talk to you later. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. For everyone who tuned in today, thanks for listening to today's Relax and Enjoy Health podcast with Claire Kersley. If you'd like to know more about Claire, you can find her on www.clairekersley.com. I've been your host, Andrew French, for Optimal Health, Wellbeing and Balance. If you want the bullet points from today's podcast or even for some free resources, check us out at www.relaxenjoyhealth.com.au. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or even leave us a review and a rating. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Facebook, Relax, Enjoy Health. But for now, stay sane and have a great day.